This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Are you hooked on certain foods? Millions of Americans are. An expert says processed foods are a major source of salt, sugar, and fat. Salt comes in 40 or more different shapes and sizes and additives, each of them kind of perfectly designed for a specific processed food. Then, social media is a great way to stay connected. It can also make a major difference for anyone hunting for a job in today's economy. We'll have the story. Social media is really becoming like an online resume, and to not use it is really putting yourself at a disadvantage. Those two interviews, and much more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show will begin right after this. show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Millions of Americans are hooked on certain foods, especially processed foods. If you're trying to reduce your salt, sugar, or fat intake, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has an interview you'll want to hear. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're talking with Michael Moss. He's a reporter for the New York Times and the author of a book called Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us. Michael, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you so much for having me. Your book focuses on the contents of much of the processed food in America's supermarkets. And I think most people would think that the contents are what they are because they taste good, but you disagree. Yeah, in some ways it was sort of obvious. I mean, I like to call these the foods we hate to love, and we've always known that eating too much of them can make us overweight or otherwise ill. But what we now know is that the largest of the food companies making these products have been acutely aware of the links between their products and obesity and diabetes and high blood pressure and on and on, even as they've continued adding heaps of salt, sugar, fat to their products. Do you view the processed food industry as some sort of a bunch of conspiratorial companies that are messing with our nutrition? absolutely not. I do not see them as this evil empire that was sort of intent on making us obese or otherwise ill. And you also can't blame any individual one of their products for the obesity crisis, whether it's soda or one of my favorites, potato chips. The problem lies in their collective zeal to do what companies do, which is make more money by selling more product. And it also lies in their dependence on large amounts of salt, sugar, fat to make their products convenient, long-lasting on the shelf, low-priced, lower-priced than fruits and vegetables, and utterly, irresistibly tasty, which again, after all, they're trying to make products that will sell. How much salt and sugar and fat does the average American eat each year now? It's a lot more than we should be. As much as 22 teaspoons of salt a day almost twice as much sodium as we should be getting. And the fat is measured a little trickier, but on an average, we should be getting only 7% of our calories with saturated fat, and we're on average up about 11 or as high as 12%. So way over the recommended limits for good health. Is there any individual culprit for some of those statistics? For example, uh, I don't know, breakfast cereal or something else. Well, it turns out for fat and saturated fat, which is the fat that's linked to heart disease when you get too much of it, the number one source of that now is cheese. 
followed by red meat. I was really surprised by that. Our cheese consumption has tripled in this country in the last 30, 40 years. And one of the reasons is that the government has been working with the dairy industry to get us to eat more cheese, not just as a snack and as toasted cheese sandwiches, but as an additive in processed foods because it's so alluring. The industry calls it the mouthfeel of cheese that really jacks up the cravings for food that you can get. Now, that takes me to my next question. One of the things you refer to in the book is something you call the weaponization of food. <laughs> Tell us what you mean by that, because that's an interesting term. Really, Well, I was really surprised by salt especially. I used to think salt was a rock, dug out of the ground, chopped up, sprinkle it on food. But salt comes in 40 or more different shapes and sizes and additives, each of them kind of perfectly designed for a specific processed food. So all the way from very finely powdered salts that blend easily into canned soups, which can be so salty, to one of my favorites, a kosher-type salt that's in the shape of a pyramid, hollowed out on the inside, so it has maximum contact with the saliva and can provide more of what the industry calls the flavor burst. And I talk about weaponization more in terms of the companies using these ingredients and fighting each other for space on the grocery shelf. But they're also fighting for something they call stomach share, which is a larger part of our stomach vis-a-vis -vis other products. You mentioned soup. That's kind of an interesting topic because I can't really think of anything else on the shelf that seems to have as high of a sodium content as soup. I was really stunned in my research that when I get to the salt section, how dependent, more dependent the industry is on salt than we are as consumers. Campbell's Soup is a lovely company in many, many ways, and they've been trying for years to get the salt content down from their soups. And in some cases, they've managed to have some success. In other cases, not one recent attempt, they brought salt down in a small line of healthier-for-you soups. And Wall Street, which is a big factor in that, basically just hiccuped, and they put the salt back in for fear of turning Wall Street off. You have to remember, these companies are as beholden to their shareholders as they are to consumers. So Wall Street thought that the lower-sodium soup was not going to sell? not going to sell as well, yes, and urged the company to put it back in. Can you talk for just a moment about how we should be reading the nutrition labels on foods? Because it is certainly confusing. It is, and a lot of people now know to look for the fine print, and they'll tell you how much calories, how much salt, sugar, and fat is in there. One of the tricky things is that they will often list those items per serving. And so Kraft actually became the first company to decide that this was not being completely honest with consumers. They began, especially for packages of snacks with two or three or more servings, when data shows that many of us will eat the whole bag and yet the listings are per serving a much lower figure, Kraft began putting the amount of calories for the entire bag on the label, which I thought was really great. But I like to start looking at the front of the label when I go in the store because that's kind of where the touting is. That's where you see a yogurt saying on the front, it's low fat, when in fact the fine print will show and reveal that it has as much sugar as ice cream in it. Our guest on InfoTrack is Michael Moss. He's a reporter for the New York Times and has written a book called Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us. Michael, you write about how a company goes about introducing a new product. Could you just give us a quick summary of how that works? Because it probably doesn't work the way most people think. No, I mean, a lot of research and science and high math goes into it. I spent time with a legend in the industry named Howard Moskowitz, who was trained 
in high math and then in experimental psychology at Harvard. And he walked me through his recent creation of a new soda for Dr. Pepper. And to arrive at a product that was guaranteed to be a hit for the company, he started with 61 different formulations of sweetness, each one slightly different than the other, subjected those to 3,000 consumer taste tests around the country, took the data, threw it in his computer, and came up with the optimum amount of sweetness that would send us over the moon. The term that he helped coin for this many years ago internally in the industry is called the bliss point. Michael, just as a closing thought, could you just give us, oh, two or three tips for people who are walking into a supermarket, what they should be aware of? You bet. Industry is doing everything they can to get you to make a spontaneous decision, so make a list and stick to it. Work the outer aisles. That's where the fresh fruits and vegetables are. Everyone says we should be eating more of those. And when you get to the center part of the store, beware of the aisle at eye level. They've done studies that show that's where our eyes go. So the products most loaded in salt, sugar, fat are there. So you need to look high, look low for the healthier products. Michael Moss, the author of the book Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us. Michael, do you have a website? I do. It's michaelmossbooks.com. Well, thank you very much for spending some time with us. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, the secrets of using social media to find a new job or change careers. That story, straight ahead. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.